0: Yes, guys, what's good? you tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. My name is Gairns. I'm here with Simran. Hi, everybody. And Halima. Hey, guys. She's currently working on a tech issue. Did you know she works in tech?
1: I yeah, know. It's so funny. We're not in studio. We're not in studio. Still tech issues. Every day, tech issues.
0: We're recording this on Wednesday, the 1st of November. Happy New Month, everyone.
1: How
2: oh, happy, happy Christmas, Christmas. Yes. is it November already, guys? <laughs> First of all, how on earth is it November already? Number two, Mariah Carey is defrosting.
0: I feel like Halima, you don't necessarily um engage with Christmas that much. Simon, no, I feel like you'll probably yeah, you'll probably get this more. At what point in the year or, or what date is it okay, socially accept- acceptable to play Christmas music?
2: Okay. So as someone that has done their time working in retail. Their time. <laughs> I feel like it should be mandatory to work in retail. I've done my time. I've done my four years or whatever it was. Um working in retail. I did like Debenhams, boots. I was like a makeup counter guy, I did fragrance for a bit. I worked in Debenhams. Traumatic, traumatic. That was my first ever job. all right Oh my God. Post college. Yeah. My a first people. ever job it was a Christmas that, it was a Christmas temp job. Yeah, it was one of my first jobs. Anyway, I've done the retail at Christmas thing. A people are nuts. to oh my god, the songs on loop. They it makes you never want to listen to Christmas music ever again. Um okay, so I think it's socially acceptable to start getting in the Christmas spirit on the 1st of November, like 23:59 when Halloween ends Christmas starts, IMO, but slowly, like you know slowly and then fast to the 25th of december is full part christmas but the month of november is for being like jolly good spirits lights everywhere also for us south asians there's a lot of other celebrations that happen around this time of the year um so i feel like it's just a a good time to adjust to the fact that it's going to be dark and cold and rainy if you live in the uk and to just kind of bide your time with the like jolliness of christmas you know i'm all about making life easier and if that is how i'm gonna do it that's how i'm gonna do it
0: do you not feel that maybe we should wait until after the fifth
2: bonfire night. yeah okay correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like bonfire night has absolutely fallen off a cliff since like covid or even but maybe has, a before they've, covid they've cancelled loads of them across the country no, like
0: since covid they, they, they don't, don't, they, don't they don't they
1: don't they uh, don't the council council don't fund them anymore so like um growing up we always every single year we went to the platfields one and it's not been on for like the last two years like <clears throat> how
2: sad because he lives he lives for real but i do feel like it's one of those things that like you learnt about when you were a kid and it felt really important like quicksand and rattlesnakes and then in your adult life it just wasn't relevant
0: yeah i get what you mean to be fair like halloween still has a bit of relevance because like mm. people will still like have pies or whatever but no one like is like gagging to do something
1: on the 5th of November so
2: yeah no so that's why I, to be fair I completely forgot that was even coming up this week but yeah no it's Christmas for me
1: no I'm well excited I love I love Bonfire Night I was literally just sat on the toilet before thinking why why
2: how did they ever manage to villainize Guy Fawkes <laughs> I was gonna say I was wondering I was like why would you love Bonfire Night and then I realized why we actually have Bonfire Night and who we're talking to
0: any rebellion is halima's prerogative
2: still i'm saying three guy folks anyway no, for real
0: we are recording this on the 1st of november which means that the weekend just gone was obviously the amas which meant that simran was up north and she continued her stay um in the northwest going over to yorkshire for a bit as well so how was your stay overall simran
2: I am a northern citizen. I'm going to start paying council tax just oh, so Carlos sets me blah, in. I'm going to have to break down blah, the border blah, on the M62 blah. and fight Halima and Andy Burnham to get in.
0: <laughs> right. But what was so like good about Leeds then? Because you said the past couple of days have been
2: really nice. There's so much more in Leeds than I thought there was. I thought it was like a little town. Turns out it's not.
1: It was one of the biggest cities in the UK. I think
0: you're thinking of what York's like. I think York is probably what you thought Leeds mm. was.
2: I don't know why. I thought it was, like, town vibes. And then I found out that, like, basically, I saw I saw someone in, like, a Patagonia vest, and I was like, that looks like place. <laughs> I was like, that looks like down What? And I was so like, wait, why? And they're like, no, there's like, there's, like, business people <laughs> I don't want to annoy anyone. I really don't want to. I feel like that's going to really annoy people. But, like, I was ignorant. I know, I know I was ignorant. I
0: think Leeds is probably the main northern university that southerners like to go to
1: really you don't think manchester carlos
0: oh uh, well, i don't know maybe it's because i wasn't here but i bet let's just say when i went to uni i met a lot of southerners
2: yeah no i do so... i do know are not. i reckon between between Leeds and manchester mm. for sure anyway it was great you're back in Slough now i'm back Got back this morning
0: very nice except it's not nice because it's in the south moving on so now that we've got that nice little um positive start after the episode move on to the oh, inevitable not great stuff so halima i know you wanted to discuss the covid inquiry that's been ongoing
1: i had no idea that the covid inquiry was was ongoing i guess for me personally because like my entire attention has just been on like palestine um but i went on youtube today um and i'm seeing like um uh, like kind of uh, the the you know like the the news coverage from from the COVID inquiry, and I I genuinely and I oh, to be fair, I didn't even bother really clicking on it. I just saw some of the headlines like uh, someone was um berating Dominic Cummings for some kind of misogyny. Same old, same old. Nothing new. I actually didn't bother um clicking on it. I haven't really kept up with the case at all, but. I do I do think it's interesting how it's just like I mean I I do obviously I do personally think like Palestine obviously deserves our kind of undivided attention at the minute, but probably that's to the benefit of Boris Johnson and the likes.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. It is interesting to see how, or to think how if what's been going on for the past month hadn't necessarily attracted worldwide attention, or if it hadn't happened as it did. We maybe would have been focusing a lot more on this inquiry. Um yeah. I think some of the key points taken from a uh Boris Johnson yeah. basically said we if we should just let old people die, essentially. Like it's kind of
2: just He said didn't he say like it was he said COVID was nature's way of dealing with people, which is Yeah, with old people. Disgusting. But also, do
1: you know what though, like I'm yeah. not I'm not kind of like obviously this time I think it's like deserved that that the attention is, is on Palestine, but this is what they always do though, isn't it? Where like, I, like if, if Palestine wasn't where our attention was at the minute, um, the, the, the kind of, they do tend to do this thing where when there's an important inquiry going on, there'll be another distraction in the news very often.
2: You know? Yeah. So, I
0: mean, obviously we're not suggesting that literally they've, him, things have kicked off in the Middle East. No, no, so no, no. Boris Johnson absolutely. doesn't have to face. No, that. no. It's just,
2: it's just very. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't that some, time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: there would have been something else. Like,
0: yeah, be... I, I agree with that sentiment, and I think as well, it's just, it's kind of, in my opinion, pathetic as well the way that a lot of these people, like Dominic Cummings, for example, people find him to be quite amusing in the way that he will now just open up and just oh wait this is going on straight onto spotify we'll just talk shit about like people wherever he, like people i used to work with without any kind of holding back um yet yeah, weren't you literally working with those people and enabling those policies like everyone that's kind of giving evidence
1: You'd like anything to just save their own skin
0: yeah no it's kind of everyone that's giving evidence is kind of talking about like what was going on at that time and or this and that but it's like if it if you had any integrity would you not have raised concerns at the time or
2: yeah of course right now it's just a case left. of like
1: just uh, pointing the finger and absolving them of as much blame as possible but when the, when it was ongoing your your kind of sense of morality your sense of right and wrong wasn't intact then but all of a sudden now it's so emboldened
0: it really does make me wonder though, because obviously i think we speak from a position of um like the lay person i suppose in terms of we can come on our little radio show podcast and give our opinions and stuff and it i don't think it's i don't think boris johnson for example is laying in bed at night worrying about what they said among them about him that we should in our opinion but like at the same time whilst i think it's in my opinion, some of these people are quite spineless in the way that they don't, like, stand up for what's right. It makes me wonder whether there are greater powers at hand here and what leverage they have all over these people, you know what I mean? In order to get them to not speak out at the time. Or is it purely for personal um, prerogative and personal, like, gain, Do you know what I mean?
2: I just think that the language used around how they speak about the pandemic just reflects on the kind of wider mind it just it shows you what their mindset is and their lack of regard for human life that we saw it throughout the pandemic with like was it dominic cummings that went up to durham or something yeah yeah like with that party gate oh we i don't think we needed anything other than party gate and matt hancock's health policies combined to let us know they didn't care they never cared from the start it wasn't they just wanted to get through it as unscathed as possible to look good in the eyes of the world because obviously we're a developed nation in air quotations you know so because then obviously you have to set that precedent I guess even though we've had such a ridiculous death toll compared to what they were like projecting or what we should have been at but they forget that i i I was gonna say they forget that it was real like human lives at stake and there was a human cost but on such a large scale with the amount of people that died they saw firsthand and i don't care matt hancock can do crocodile tibs on reality tv all he wants about it that doesn't get any of my sympathy and i feel like they're just in the mud they're just absolutely in the mud
0: like also i would say that i think they did actually at the time were fully aware of what was going on because um yeah. Previous um, Deputy Cabinet Secretary Helen McNamara, who is currently giving evidence on what was going on at the time, she said she remembers a time where she was like talking to her officials and she said, I think we are going to kill thousands of people. So, mm-hmm. like, and that was literally before lockdown even came into place. So, I think they were fully aware of the, what the risks
1: were. Of course, they knew because they're, they're our government yeah 100 percent. they were privy to so much that we weren't the very most it's murderous intent at the very least it's 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 careless like but there's Mm, there's no mm, way mm. around the question of responsibility there's no dodging um the question of who is responsible
2: it was like to call it like gross negligence is such an understatement at this point because look at the human cost of what we all went through for people that lost lives people that were affected by the loss of life or people that just went through lockdown in itself or people that were key workers or people that struggled to go through a pandemic which was terrifying you know regardless of whether you were directly affected by it like health-wise or not also i've said this like three times on this show we as a nation really let partygate slide
0: you know, we were saying we should make a compilation of you about the weekend. We should make a compilation of this because... Please
2: <laughs> make a compilation of me at party. Because it's... I understand, like, it's actually so unfathomable. It's actually ridiculous. Like, I, it makes me laugh. Like, the only way I can get through it is by laughing because if you don't laugh, you'll literally cry. It was a pandemic. People were dying left, right and centre. And these lot were, like, sipping sherry in the House of Commons, like, partying. I that if that doesn't scream like we actually live in dystopia we actually live in an episode of black mirror this is know, what, what i though. was going to
1: say like, there's a there's a particular quality about these types of in- investigations and legal inquiries which i don't know how much of it is inherent to the actual legal system and how much of it is by design but there is enough of a gap between um the, the fact of what happened and the investigation of what happened where people kind of elapse in the anger um because ultimately people have to just move on and get on with their lives and like that's just that is just kind of like an inherent quality of 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 living in the kind of capitalist system that we live in where we are so consumed with our own work and kind of providing for ourselves and putting food on the table that we don't have much residual time <clears throat> um and energy to kind of stay angry um that's really like what a lot of the capitalist systems actually rely on is the uh um the the kind of overworking and the exhaustion of you know the the everyday of citizens
0: and it's the fact as well that this is not that this inquiry that's ongoing has it doesn't have any like legal ramifications in terms of they literally said this this inquiry A fifty
1: pound fine no but
0: not even that the, the the point of this inquiry is not to find anyone guilty of anything or not to Impress press charge against anyone or anything it's purely to see what we can learn from it what is the point point what's the point of that
1: like okay cool next time i get a speeding ticket or a parking ticket i'll just hand it back to the to the officer and say oh okay i'll uh, i'll just learn my lesson just by virtue of you being here Mm. and telling me what i did was wrong it doesn't work like that like you, you are the people you are literally the makers of law you are supposed to be the upholders of law. you're the custodians of of civ- civilian law like <clears throat> um if we can't kind of uh hold our politicians and literally the actual leader of the country to the standard of of being law abiding citizens then why is that same expectation on us
2: i just feel like as well like say god forbid but say this situation like covid ever happened again what trust do we have in any government in particular, like, the cabinet that was president at the time. Like, how can we put our faith in health and, like, our society and law into the hands of people that mishandled it so badly? anyone who has, who has ever paid attention to like, politics,
1: and particularly like, um, Tory policy and politics, and this is me as like a very staunchly anti-Tory person, um, has known from the very beginning that the Tories weren't going to be our saving grace and I has known from the very beginning that this was always going to happen in a situation like this but I think Covid for a lot of people was like a point of radicalization. I think for a lot of people Covid mm. was kind of like the wake-up call that mm. hang on this is because it was the kind of the first time that a lot of people had that kind of proximity to death and danger um especially living in like a western world um and I think it was the first time that a lot of people realised, like, hang on, maybe my government don't care enough about me as as, as much as they say, you know. But anyone who, 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 especially as, like, ethnic people, especially as a Muslim woman, like, I've been known that, you know. So for me personally, nothing came as a surprise.
0: I think what maybe surprised me is I definitely, I thought that they were purely the way that they went about politics, I thought, in my opinion, based on previous events, that it is solely for their own gain and that they only care about themselves. I think the element that shocked me was the, the deliberate action, doing deliberate actions that you know are going to impact people in a negative way rather than simply acting in order to better your own situation, if that makes sense. I think that was a bit of an eye-opener for me.
2: That comes back to, like, halima's point on like the scale of what it could be from like what you could say it is at the minimum and the maximum somewhere on that spectrum that's where we're at
0: well on the topic of people in power disappointing us moving on to um this week's updates on what's going on in palestine at the moment um now there's two um main things i think we should cover today bearing in mind again that we're speaking on the 1st of november this is going to go out on the 4th so there might be developments between now and then um first of all over the past couple of days a refugee camp in northern gaza Jabalia, um has been bombed repeatedly by israel um at least 50 people were killed on tuesday after six israeli air raids hit the camp hamas have claimed that the total dead or injured is at 400 um then obviously again like anyone that's been on social media and stuff has seen how the world was kind of in just complete devastation at like what what has gone on here like not i I want to say shock but more just like wow like you guys really did that um and then yeah. they've gone and done the same thing again today on Wednesday. Okay. They've gone the refugee camp again. And they've seen like footage that is um people saying that, oh, just so you know, this isn't the massive, this isn't the massacre that happened yesterday, this is a new one on the same place. Um also worth bearing in mind that Hamas have claimed that seven of the hostages were killed during the attack. Um and this even though like this bombardment is obviously horrible and has resulted in the loss of like so many lives it's worth noting that um the israeli military actually repeatedly attacked the camp um on foot um it multiple times like since october 7th um killing and wounding hundreds of people before this so it's not like the refugee camp has just been left alone up until this point This is the thing, it should go out saying that this is completely unjustifiable, yet literally...
1: Oh, Carlos, you know what? I actually really you for posting that because, like, I don't think I would have seen it otherwise. And I'm just like, I hate... Just tell the people the story before I go on my little rant.
0: Basically, David Lammy, um, I'm not sure what his position is currently within the Labour Party, but I know it's a senior one, um, and he has aspirations of being Foreign Secretary, I believe, one day um he went on bbc radio 4 and he said that he does condemn what um israel did in terms of bombing the
1: did he camps. say he condemned did he say those words or did he just say oh it was really bad
0: i'm not sure he said could he said. He, i think he said it yeah. i think he said it was wrong i think he said it was wrong um and then, but then he went on to say that it is possible that it might be legally justifiable what they did and he calls on israel to yeah you know
1: what response. like i was i was listening to carlos was about the story <clears throat> and i was listening to it and it was like um and, and david lammy by the way has come out and been in quite un, unequivocal support for israel and then, obviously, backpedalled a little bit and was like, oh, we need to aid Gaza. Um, but his, his kind of official stance is very kind of pro-Israel. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, when I was listening to that, I was like, oh, here we go. He's, he's doing a bit of backpedalling again. When he first started saying, like, oh, it, it was, you know, wrong for them to bomb a refugee camp. Um, and, then, and then I thought, okay, cool. That, that's, the, that's the entire sentence. That's an entire sentence. That's not a sentence that needs any further elaboration. It was wrong. Full stop. This one put a comma where there should be a full stop on these. He goes, but, <laughs> but there's a chance it might be justified. And, and kind of like, <clears throat> my reflection on this is kind of, it, it, it is on two fronts. Firstly, it's like, what we've seen come out of the kind of, um, on the grand coverage on Gaza, every single time, I think that we've seen the extent of depravity of the Israeli war machine It just gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. Like from the moment they started, kind of like you know carpet bombing Gaza, knowing the death toll of civilians, and then they kind of are bombing people after they tell them to leave. Then they're bombing hospitals. Now they've bombed a refugee camp. But I I think like every time you think it can't get worse, it does just keep getting worse. And every everything they do, you're like, okay, this is like a uniquely evil thing. This is like a uniquely harrowing thing. And then they go and do something else that you just, that in your brain, you could never have conceptualised because you're just not twisted. Do you know what I mean? Like, who in there, that just did not even exist in the realm of, like, imagination for me, that, that they might have gone and bombed. Uh, like, it wasn't, and by the way, like, when I say this is so uniquely harrowing, it's because um, it's a refugee camp, as in, like, those people have, they're displaced already. And the reason that they're displaced already will be because of previous bombings, previous kind of uprooting and 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 cleansing and occupation and and whatever, right? So like it wasn't enough to just displace them, to to rob them of their livelihoods. Um, now it's like a a case of an actually an actual death toll, you know. And and kind of my second reflection on this is this argument, um, that Israel and and kind of Israeli supporters have been given about um. they're not targeting civilians right so this is something that I like this past week I've been trying to basically see me yeah I I'm you know when people say like oh you should talk to people of other um opinions and stuff because otherwise you end up in an echo chamber see me I'm very happy to be in an echo chamber because I believe in my principles and I know my opinions are right um especially on something like a genocide however this past week I have kind of been Taking a bit of time to like read and read through like Israeli supporters of social media and see kind of what their little ecosystem is like and what kind of stuff is circulating in their ecosystem, um. And I've been seeing a lot of videos from Israeli people or Israeli supporters, and I can tell they're very well meaning, right? And um, there are some people who genuinely just call for the blanket destruction of Gazans just because that they're just evil people. But there are some people who kind of ideologically, politically make a case for the Israeli state and the actions of the Israeli state. And some of that comes from the fact that what they say is that Israel are not targeting civilians, right? They're not targeting civilians, they're targeting Hamas and civilians are collateral damage. Um, and for me, that's a little bit kind of nonsensical. A because numerous Israeli states people have come forward to say we are we're going to destroy Gaza we're going to destroy Gazans we're going to annihilate Gaza like that numerous states people have come you know senior states people have come out and, and and kind of echoed those sentiments so firstly like the intention of oh it's just for to eradicate Hamas is is very questionable anyway, um, <clears throat> secondly. Um, the question if if hamas now if it is actually the case for you know for argument's sake that hamas have kind of uh, are, are using civilian shields and stuff um to what extent does that justify a civilian death toll it
0: shouldn't it shouldn't justify one civilian death not
1: a single civilian death right but 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 we have to be realistic in in war there is a such thing as collateral damage right and the way kind of the way I look at it is that you have to really kind of if that's what you're going to do whether or not you agree with the idea of collateral damage it is a pretty established kind of phenomenon in war so if that's what you're going to do right if that's what your ideology is if that's what your tactic is at some point there has to be some kind of balance that you use right where where the, the kind of um the death toll it kind of is justified by the overall net gain right and what we see from Gaza is that it is disproportionately civilians that are being killed. Oxfam have recently said that more children have died um in this in this kind of you know Israel's bombardment of Gaza in the past three weeks than have died in the past Four years in any global conflict anywhere around the world um and 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 when that is the case when the case is that the the death toll is that seismic um and it is so disproportionately against civilians how do you then continue to justify oh but our target is hamas right? Especially, especially when there are plenty of other ways of actually eradicating Hamas or or catching Hamas if that's your intention, right? Um, There's a, there a couple of interviews that I've seen from kind of people discussing this issue that I want to kind of mirror certain sentiments, like there was one interview that I seen by a reporter who suggested that um, they could have done, Israel could have done basically what um, America did with Uh, bin laden when they caught bin laden it was kind of like a very high-tech you know secret ops got him in the gaff basically like that's kind of what the situation was um it's also funny how like israel at this point now are claiming to have like such high level of intelligence that they know exactly which floor on a multi-story building and which tunnel Hamas are hiding in and yet they had absolutely no idea that 7th of October was going to happen. Not to say that they did but like to say that I don't believe they have intelligence of where Hamas are right now and that they're actually targeting Hamas. You know my opinion is very much that they are just indiscriminately um, killing girls and civilians. Um someone also kind of um used an analogy of for example if Hamas were hiding in Israeli society, um, amongst Israeli civilians, would Israel use the same tactics? There was a really good interview by James Bryan on LBC, um talking to a Israeli supporter um where he was like, Okay, if ha- if Hamas were, you know, hiding in Israeli society, do you think Israel would kind of use the same tactics of just carpet bombing, of just indiscriminately uh, dropping missiles and whatever? And after a lot of back and forth the, the guy eventually says, uh, no, I don't think they would and the James Bryan is like James O'Brien is like, Oh why? He goes, uh, well because obviously they value Israeli lands more than Palestinian lives. And ultimately that's what it is. It's not simply that um the the benefit of of having this collateral damage um outweighs the the, the, the kind of cost of it. it is simply that there's just no regard for palestinian life which is why numerous organizations um who are qualified to make the judgment have called it a genocide that's what it is it's not about eradicating hamas also like they've started attacking the west bank Um, There are numerous reports of um, Palestinian men, especially, literally being kidnapped um, and tortured in the West Bank from from Israeli forces.
0: I saw one video as well of, um, I think it was literally today, um, Israeli forces um, attacking uh, Jewish people in the occupied uh, part of Jerusalem, which is an anti-Zionist area like and literally in these videos these jewish people are literally just walking around minding their business they're not even like literally i saw one of them was literally walking away from the israeli forces and literally just grabs them like throwing them into a door you know what's so
1: funny is that like the kind of official israeli line is that oh we have nowhere else to go like we need a safe space for jewish people what about those jewish people what about their safe space like clearly they're literally being brutalized by the people who are supposedly doing this to protect those very people you know
2: yeah
0: this is the thing when you talk about collateral damage um i don't think that i agree that i don't think um israel necessarily sees palestinian civilians as collateral damage they literally see it as less than that i think to them israeli people that get in the way are the collateral damage for example the hostages like literally literally like this most recent refugee camp bombing the fact that seven more people have died hamas have already said that 50 have died at this rate are they they're gonna end up like probably killing hostages exactly the point,
1: right like there's so many kind of logical fallacies in in the kind of lines the official comms that the the state of israel and the israeli forces are putting out um <clears throat> they're apparently kind of attacking hamas to essentially you know eradicate terrorism but to also avenge the 1300 that were killed on the 7th of October excuse me um but what about the like what is it 199 hostages that they still currently have like what about them like Israel have literally refused the return of those hostages
0: yeah it was like they refused at least 50 of them because they didn't want to give guys a fuel which when people see fuel they obviously think that oh well obviously they're not gonna um, give them fuel because they'll just like use it for rockets blah 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 but realize like fuel is what's needed for these emergency services to actually
1: operate yeah hospitals are at a point where they've like they've run out of generator energy even you know like i've I've literally like I'm I'm seeing doctors having to like clean wounds using vinegar because they don't have like antiseptic. You know, like it's it's so beyond the pale of our own imagination of what a dystopia could look like. But yeah, no, I don't know. the The Israeli state is uh, just I I just I don't believe a single word that they say. I don't I don't believe anything. That comes from them, um, like time and time again, like they have just completely contradicted themselves, or there's just so many logical fallacies in the, in the official comms that they put out. Um, <clears throat> it's ridiculous, and like another thing as well, like that I'm seeing a lot of, is, like um Jewish people in the West talking about, like <clears throat> oh god, especially Amy Schumer. Goodness gracious, that woman i can't even if i actually fix my lips to say what i think about her yeah we don't have
0: anything to be sued for for defamation like i'm not gonna say what i
1: really think about her but (laughs) goodness gracious me this woman is like she's literally posting islamophobic hateful like like this is factual by the way like very islamophobic very racist very hateful things about Gazans. she's like deleted it since but she's been very very loud and, and and stuff like that and um she actually like um th- there's like this trend of like um jewish people in the west kind of or even in israel talking about like how terrified they are of anti-semitism oh my god i think it was in like a un council where um there were some israeli states people literally wearing the star of david um And I just thought like that is the absolute most, one of the most absurd things that I've seen. Like obviously, yes, there have been, there has been a rise in anti-Semitism and like in any, under any kind of circumstances, in any, in any conversation we cannot condone that condone that and we absolutely condemn any rise in anti-semitism we do not like anti-zionism does not equate to anti-semitism in any way whatsoever especially as a muslim i take the kind of upholding and the honoring of like jewish you know san- the, the sanctity of jewish life and honoring the jewish life is very very as a very serious duty myself personally right but you have people who are kind of like coming forth and weaponizing the accusation and the allegation of anti-Semitism to basically silence anti-Israeli criticism. And, and some of the stuff that I've seen, like I would call deranged. um Literally, there's like, as I said, the, uh, some Israeli uh, states people in I think like a UN council meeting or something like that, where they were literally came wearing the Star of David. And I'm thinking like, Okay, I understand, like, if you live in Israel, like, you might feel unsafe because of, you know, whatever rockets are being fired by Hamas. But to kind of compare that to the Holocaust, like, to actually cosplay as Holocaust victims, like, when you belong to the side of the oppressor, for me, is, like, is that not, like, diminishing the gravity of the actual Holocaust? Is that not, like, diminishing the actual, like, gravity of what it is to be a Holocaust survivor? I was literally just watching that in absolute awe. Like, there's this place, uh, there's this um Twitter account called... Um, stop antisemitism or something like that and it's literally like it's putting people's name anyone who and this is literally this is what I call deranged they're putting on blast anyone who posts anything pro-Palestinian like not even anything about Israel like there was one van that that literally stated a fact like Israel has killed one child every 10 minutes and they're putting like the driver's name on there like they're, they're doxing people on mass. To be saying free Palestine or speaking out against the Israeli war machine in any capacity. Is that not crazy?
0: Well we're seeing it like I literally saw earlier today, um, like there's so many people that have been losing their jobs. Literally,
1: literally, there's like I'm I'm hearing about like there are actual organizations in America that have a registry of people that have posted anything pro Palestine, and as soon as they get a hold of a person who's posted anything, they just get immediately doxxed like that's crazy that's actually insane because and you know what's scary about it because it that it actually obscures the 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 real threat of anti-semitism right because amidst this yes there is a very real threat of anti-semitism like on that page for example that i was talking about i was scrolling through it and and most of it is just nonsense it's people who have just said free palestine but there are one or two cases where like some people have come on to say some very 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 disgusting things about like jewish people for example that is very clearly anti-semitic and that has nothing to do with the palestinian cause and that kind of stuff should be brought to attention. Those kind of people should be doxxed and should not be in any kind of reasonable employment without accountability. I completely agree with that. But to kind of group those two, you know, kind of demographics together, it, it obscures, as I say, the real threat of anti semitism. In the same way that as I was as I was talking about the Israeli states we were in the kind of Star of David, um, obscures the the kind of very real gravity um, and and the very lived very real lived trauma of holocaust survivors to this day
0: do you not feel a bit like maybe it is that that element of generational trauma where people especially for i can can kind of understand like israelis that maybe live on the border of palestine that saw what happened on october the 7th no i'm
1: talking about i'm talking about the likes of like amy schumer for example like i'm talking people like her obviously if you're in israel like i understand you might be afraid of whatever you know Hamas firing into israel i understand that No, i'm talking about people in the west like that's what i'm talking about like people who are literally like um like literally the likes of amy schumer who's who is like I find her case so interesting, you know, I find it so interesting. She was literally like there's this um um black and Filipino actress, um, I think her name is Asia Jackson, and she obviously tweeted like pro Palestine stuff and Amy Schumer like just went like just started like, just some nonsense like by the way, this is like a visibly black woman And she's there telling her, like, you have no idea what it's like to feel unsafe. Amy Schumer, who is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman, who, if she didn't tell you she was Jewish, you would not know. You would not see it on her. Do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like the cognitive dissonance is insane. And it's not to say that, like, Jewish people aren't afraid right now or that the threat of anti-Semitism isn't real. Obviously, we've seen that it is. And we absolutely condemn that where that is the case. But there's just such a, like self-centeredness to a lot of the people in the west when they're talking about their experiences because the way they talk about it is that they're you they are uniquely oppressed you know as like you're literally like in the west no one can look at you and read your faith's belief off of what you look like on what basis are you telling other groups of people especially muslims and palestinians that they have no idea how uniquely burdened you are
0: that, that isn't to say that there aren't people that are visibly jewish as well yeah, obviously exactly. if you wear the Yikipa, if you have the if you're orthodox jewish and have the hairstyle also this as well isn't to say that someone can't go and actually ask people oh we're looking for jewish people are you jewish
1: no there's a level of protection that you get when you like for example me when i talk about islamophobia i know that the islamophobia that i face there's a level of protection that i have because i'm not a visibly muslim woman in the sense that i don't wear hijab right so like that's just that's just a fact of the situation there are some people who are visibly like visibly belong to a certain faith and there are some people who don't and and people who do people who do they are at risk of kind of hate crimes more like if you if you're just talking about how afraid you are in general or you're going through a hard time like that's your prerogative that's your truth that's your experience but what i'm seeing is an increasing number of jewish people in the west weaponizing that as a means to silence palestinian resistance and that to me is like deranged
2: yeah
0: i mean for example seeing um people like there's that picture of the protests from in um, london last weekend where um they picture from the protest in London last weekend where all those 10,000 protesters are on the bridge. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's a phenomenal photo showing how many people are in solidarity with Palestine. Yet, I've seen a number of people quote tweeting that going, This is disgusting, this is horrendous, I feel so scared. It's
1: so, like, right, so this literally is literally there thing. are
0: Jewish people within that population, and that does not it, rep- it represents a Palestinian. Um, resistance there there is every possibility that maybe within that crowd there are some people who are anti-semitic and obviously that has to be condemned
1: but no i can tell you i can actually i can give you the actual statistics so like this was another interview that james o'brien did on lbc with another uh jewish person like pro pro israel person um where basically this woman was saying like oh i'm so terrified i'm so scared um these marches are basically hate marches they're inciting hate and 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 anti-semitism and he basically stopped and he was like you can't come on my show and tell lies like that's a lie um out of 500,000 people that were there there were nine arrests and two convictions that is like a minuscule uh number um, you know, in the kind of in proportion to that, to that, to the number of uh, protesters that was there, so he was like, okay, well, no, you can't sit here and say that they're hateful marches, that they're that they're inciting hatred, like you know, the, the, given those statistics, and she's like, yeah, well, you know, as a Jewish person, like you know, we're just terrified and and we can't go there, we can't go to those marches, and he was like, well, that's not true because there there are huge factions of Jewish people who are at those marches and she's like yeah well they're just extremists you know like when you actually start kind of confronting some of this rhetoric and you start to break it down and and kind of like really nitpick at it it just falls away the logic of it just completely falls away so it is as i say like in in a lot of instances and this is what my gripe is with um used to kind of silence palestinian resistance and i'm seeing that increasingly
0: Jewish people around the world should have every right to speak um about how they're feeling in light of recent events, particularly, obviously, the massacre that happened on October the 7th, where 1,300 Jewish people were killed, um, and they have every right yeah. to speak about their fear for what, what's happening right now, what might mean for them in the future. What they don't have a right to do yeah. is to... Use anti-Semitism as an excuse to silence anyone that wants to speak out against the Israeli state, the oppressive Israeli yeah, state. exactly.
1: Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of people do that, and yeah, like like I say, it's just not, it's not sitting right with me.
0: Every week that we've been doing this, we've been saying, I hope there aren't um, much developments over the next couple of Another days. week, but I think we know inevitably there will be. One final thing that I did want to cover today was. Um, something that's actually happened today on Wednesday, the 1st of November, in um, the first, um, people in Gaza have actually been able to right. leave Gaza via the Ratha crossing in Egypt. It's open for the first time in the near month that this has been mm. going on. In the meantime, obviously Israel has been telling people to leave. Well, obviously they can't leave. Um, but, um... I think around 400 people have managed to leave Gaza today. Some of whom are British nationals. Yeah. Um, obviously, on the one hand, this is positive in the sense that people can actually leave where all this bombing is taking place. But then, we're also, you've got to look at the alternative uh, on the other side of things, which is like, well, how positive is this really when we think about the fact that these people that have left are still going to be refugees what's actually going to be left for them to go back to and also can will they even be able to go back no do you know
1: what really outside? gets me about this is because i've been following like the the coverage of a uh, british palestinian woman from manchester like a local woman and uh she kind of uh, nisima b who came on this show she's like a very close family friend of hers her name is zainab i believe she's a teacher from salford or she teaches in salford um and obviously she's been stuck in gaza since the 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 kind of um the attacks have started and i think she's i don't think she's still been allowed to leave i think she's like in a limbo area where she's waiting she just she wasn't part of the initial group of allowed to go um but obviously i've been following this and and naturally like you root for her I, i really hope she she kind of the the british officials do something to get her out to get her to safety she's a british citizen she's the responsibility of the british state but ultimately it, it there's just something that that feels so wrong about the fact that some people have access or you know have a route out of there and it's based simply on the kind of geographical lottery of their birth and it just it's not right it's not right like so, the, simply based on the color of your passport um the geographical lottery of your birth that will determine whether you have a safe exit route out of a war zone or whether you will likely kind of be killed or injured or maimed or displaced you
0: know and we've seen that because obviously we know that israel has been bombing in south gaza as well but the most recent refugee camp bombings are way up in the north where a lot of these people, I bet, probably have literally, they're already refugees. I bet they probably have no means to even leave
1: that camp. That's all they have. That's their entire livelihood. Like, we spoke a few weeks ago about kind of the material reality of displacement and how it means that, like, it's not just like a temporary relocation. It's like a permanent erasure of someone's home, someone's livelihood. Like, these people, That's why. that's what I say. That's what I mean when I say, like, bombing a refugee camp, not once, not twice is uniquely harrowing because essentially like you're going for people who are literally like they have nothing left you've already displaced them once many people are there in those refugee camps having lost numerous members of their you know family already and 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 it's still not enough for the Israeli state
0: also i am kind of like why is it took a month to actually open up some border and let like 400 people through
1: like i think i think you know something? what it was maybe in the beginning people were kind of like i genuinely obviously because i'm just hopeful that it's gonna end sooner rather than later i i think even for me i didn't maybe register initially that this was going to be ongoing for as long as it has been
0: yeah i mean obviously the last time we covered this on the show was in 2021 where obviously there were the mosque bombings but even then i feel like It was maybe one maybe two weeks that the world kind of stopped and looked at what was going on but this is definitely
1: ongoing for much longer than any of us ever hoped yeah this is the most coverage i think that the the issue of palestine has had like in my lifetime definitely maybe it in the entire kind of history of 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 the the topic at all
0: like i say hopefully we won't have any further negative developments man sure yeah next week so what are you having for your tea,
1: you man? I don't know. I was going to maybe just have some like grilled chicken. I made some brownies that are still in the oven. So I might just eat brownies, but then I might have some grilled chicken. I don't know. I need to go downstairs and see what there is. What are you going to eat?
0: I think we're having chicken here, yeah. With what? I don't know. I just got to hold roast chickens.
1: So. Cute. Who's making it, Bianca? I don't know. I feel like
0: it's come from Costco. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in this week to another episode of Mango Masala. We'll be back next week, actually, on the radio, two to four p.m. But until then, see you then.
1: Kiss, kiss. Bye.